Hello everyone and welcome to the Season 1 recap episode of Setting the Tone in ER Retrospective, where we're looking at the good, the bad, in Season 1. My name is Jake and I am here helping these folks out look at the season that was. Alright, so the first thing we are going to talk about today within Season 1 is I want to talk about just general discussion about what y'all thought about the season that was. Uh, so Lizzie. Give me your thoughts just generally about what you thought of season one and how it started this epic 15 season show. I'd say overall, it was probably, I want to say, I think it was worse than I remember it, honestly. Overall. Really? Like, I, I mean, I know it takes a while to hit its stride, and I remember that from previous rewatches, but actually going back and watching the whole thing as, like, the whole thing as one big chunk and actually dissecting it like we have been here since you know we've been doing this since october now and it's march when we're recording this um it's it's a lot there's so yeah it's a lot there's so many disjointed pieces in this season that i completely forgot about either characters who get bobbed or different storylines that just absolutely go nowhere or different stuff like that just this season is i think that's probably the best way i can describe it season one is a lot more disjointed than i remember yeah and i think part of that comes in from us um watching week by week instead of binging it all in like two weeks exactly so we look at those little minor details like we look at those little storylines that go absolutely nowhere we look at those little character details that fizzle after one episode like well that and i was going to say it's much more noticeable because you're not you know eating the show all at once you're giving those room to breathe and you're realizing where the gaps are exactly and i fully expect that to be more prevalent especially as we as we go on we start to introduce new big characters and like we start to resolve some bigger storylines um and we say goodbye start saying goodbye to some of the major characters i'm sure there's plot holes of plenty but i don't know it just i remember i remember the big stuff going in and just the big stuff didn't bother me as much, but like a lot of the smaller stuff really started to kind of wear on me. Like as the season went on, just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's a product of just being a TV series and being so many different directors, even though Mimi Letter just directed like half the episodes this season. But, um, it just seems like there was a lot of inconsistent character development. Fair. Do you think a lot of that may be the product um, that these are, you know, an hour long episodes and you have, what, 25 episodes in this season that it's kind of inevitable that it's not going to exactly match up and there are things that are going to kind of fizzle out and fray here and there? It's quite possible. And I also think a, I also think it is a, pro- a product of being the first season. So, like, filming all this stuff, directing, having all these episodes be directed and not really having, like, time for, like, that feedback from the audience just sort of kind of going for it, you know, kind of going in blind. Yeah. I guess. No, yeah, seeing, it's sort of sort of like shotgunning a lot of things and seeing what sticks. Yeah, they're trying to find their voice. You know, we saw that in some of the early episodes where there'd be those weird beats and like weird camera angles and like the the weird R&B music we got in that one episode Ugh. early on. So like they're definitely trying to find their voice at the beginning of it and then 
um, this I think the first season of ER is a perfect like case study example for like in favor of the compressed shorter like Netflix style series season lengths you know 13 mm-hmm. this this is a season that could easily be condensed down to p- maybe 13 to 15 episodes tops um it's a se- it's a, a season that i think starts really strong you know the pilot really hits the ground running um really kind of puts you in in the right frame of mind for the show um and then they have a couple of really strong episodes right off the bat i mean we get rosemary clooney in episode three and then we kind of fall into a weird little lull after I think after Blizzard, so about ten episodes in, they kind of lose the thread a little bit, and we kind of just meander for a few weeks, and then they do sort of shakily land the plane in the last two or three episodes. Like it, it ends in a satisfying way, and it comes to a satisfying conclusion. But there's this whole middle part there that's very middling, that where you have some episodes that are better, some episodes that are worse, and and there's just it's very uneven in the middle. So if you could condense that down, take ten episodes out, maybe I think you could have a much tighter story. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna say we ended up with about five or six episodes for sure that we were like, wow, this was filler, this was bullshit. And if we had condensed like the important plot points of those into one. And just had it be a you know nineteen or twenty episode season, we would have been set. Yeah. Now here's a question: as someone who's only watched you know most of this first season, I've obviously listened to uh, every episode of the pod because you know first time, long time. But does this kind of over? I don't know, like the 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 middling of the season where there's a lot of like girth, I guess. Um, does that? end in subsequent seasons does that ever get better or do you think going forward they really could have done better like 13 14 episode seasons like on a netflix spree i mean i think that's going to be a just a product of being a 22 episode season there's going to be yeah. fluff yeah there's going to be fluff no they matter never what, they never go think... this whole hog with it again like this is the longest season of the 15 so there's never another 25 episode season i think the most we get after this is 23 Three. There might be a. That was all twenty. I thought it was all twenty twos until. I think there's a couple. It's very uneven. There's one or two seasons I think that only have twenty one, and then then when we get really close to the end, um, the writer strike happens, and there's one season where we. I think the last season there's only like fifteen. So no, there was no, there was like nineteen or nineteen. Yeah, it's very very short compared to all the rest. But they never go this. It's never this heavy. Um, the rest of the way and I do think for the most part especially when we're talking about the early seasons of this the show before the big cast exits start to happen and we start to get real turnover there um, I do think it, it serves them well to have even just two or three fewer episodes a season because like Jake said it's a 45 minute to an hour show hour long with commercial breaks that's a lot of content per season like that's 25 hours of content like that's a lot you know that's a lot to digest i mean just going through these um these episode descriptions and looking and and picking out the characters that we lost in season one like there it was shocking to me not only how many we'd lost but how many how early we lost some of them that i'm like good lord like their whole arc they didn't even make it halfway through season one and it's just you know it just speaks to how long this first season is and what a kind of marathon it was to get through I think those are all very fair statements. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous to actually like think like that we're already here, that we're already recapping season one. Like it feels like it took forever, but it also feels like it took no time at all. 
yeah i don't know maybe that's just a general summation of like our lives as <laughs> podcasters but no i get what you mean it was it was at times it did feel a little bit of a slog to get through like i, I know certainly as we were i know for me personally it felt like love's labor lost was kind of the linchpin of the season where it felt like it took us forever to get there and then once we got over that hump it felt like to me we kind of free falled after that where we were like on the roller coaster coming down the hill after that going towards the end of season one but it felt like it took us forever to get to love's labor lost which i mean it, it's the i think 19th out of 25 so it's in the later yep. it's in the latter third of the season but still i felt like it just took like a marathon length to get to that episode and then once we got over that hump it was like okay now we the, the gloves are off we can go the rest of the way yeah, it definitely seems like they they spend a lot of time in the early portions of the season kind of world building which makes sense you know for for a first season especially uh, but I think you are right. Once Love's Labor Lost hits, that's where, you know, the stuff with Benton's mom comes in. And it really is. I think a free fall is a good way to explain that and to bring you really right through to the end. And with that, do we want to talk about some of the awards and accolades that the season won? Absolutely. Oh, goody, guys. This is a list. So I'm going to do my best not to flub this because there's a lot of them. But bear with me. First off, we had Juliana Margulies won the Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama. Mimi Later won the Emmy for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Directing a Drama Series for Love's Labor Lost. Love's, the, Love's Labor Lost won the Writers Guild of America Award for Episodic Drama. Love's Labor Lost won the American Cinema Editors Award. Day One won two awards for cinematography at the American Society of Cinematographers Awards of 1994. Charles Hayde um, won the Directors Guild of America Award for primetime drama series for Into That Good Night. And Rod Holcomb won the Directors Guild Award in Dramatic Specials category for 24 hours. And I think if we look at this list of episodes that won... A lot of them are ones that we gave really high praise to when we were in the middle of discussions, not even necessarily looking at award status. Like, I know for sure um, Love's Labor Lost definitely came up on ours for crucial episodes, and we've done nothing but praise Juliana Margulies throughout the whole season. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised to see an award for, for 24 hours on here. Can you refresh my memory on which one is 24 hours? That's the hours? pilot. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's the ER, the movie. Ah, yes. The two-hour Which episode. is probably Jesus why it Christ. ended up in that specials category, because it was a Yuck. standalone thing almost. But yeah, there's no definitely no stinkers in this list. I mean, every single one, I think, probably deserves... Because even 24 hours, like... I don't know. I have a weird relationship with the pilot. Like, I love the pilot as a standalone thing, but there is so much about it that is is standalone and is sort of self-encapsulated that um, it's hard to like really carry that praise over to the rest of the season from it. So it's, I think it's good that it won this award. I think it deserved that award, but like as an episode, you're right. 24 hours. I don't think really holds up to some of the other really like heavy hitters of season one. Yeah. I would say it's probably like the worst out of this category in hindsight, just because like when we were watching it for the, for the first time for this podcast, it, I was like, oh, this is every trope ever in ER <laughs> in one episode. In one very long episode, an hour and a half. Exactly. 
I mean, it's a yeah, movie. I like, I like the pilot quite a bit. It definitely hooked me as someone who wasn't really familiar with this show at all before watching it. But it, it did everything about, like, hooking me into these characters. I was really into uh, to Mark and Benton. And it, it, it took it the moment, really, where the show was like, oh, I'm going to watch the rest of the season was when, you know, Hathaway comes back in. Uh, that was where it's just like, oh, this is one of those shows now. I'm just I'm going to keep watching this. And, I, you know, I can understand where it being a longer double episode might seem make it more encapsulated. Like the 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 two, late 2000s reboot of Battlestar Galactica kind of started off with this same way and kind of has that same problems. Um, but I think I think 24 hours um, is better as far as like in its place. I, I can it's definitely not a, as heavy of a hitter until honestly until the very end with Hathaway. But I still think it is a very strong opener for a show. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it does what it needs to do as far as like you said, world building and kind of pulling you in with these characters and wanting to know more. Um, and then I think. I, I would say that I think that most of the stuff that the pilot dispensed with, like, didn't carry over to the rest of the season, I think were positives. Like, I don't, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head that we had in the pilot that we didn't carry forward that I'm sad about, you know? Like, I'm kind of glad they dropped the Clooney being a drunk thing, and I'm kind of glad that, uh, I don't know. I forgot about that. Yeah. Entirely. Oh, yeah. That's, that's crazy. The, um, the other doctor uh the other like the the lady carter like i'm kind of kind of sort of glad we got rid of her just because i feel like the show would have been a little bloated not because she necessarily didn't do a good job if anything i think actually she does a pretty good job um and i think she might have made an interesting foil for for clooney for the rest of the season but the show was a little bit bloated cast wise and needed to you know cut a trim a little bit of the fat to to make it a tighter show going forward so i understand why they did that but so there's nothing really in there that i'm sad that they didn't keep although there was something that i'm sad that they did keep but only for a couple more episodes was the girl who was kind of stalking <laughs> carter like i felt so bad for him i was like you deserve so much better than this predator like uh, get out nympho liz i feel so ashamed to be named after her. well not her specifically but like, to share her name to share her name thank you but yeah, it's so interesting that you talk about the bloated cast because yes, we lose um, Clooney's student, but then you know, however many episodes in, we end up with Doctor Chen. True, yeah. I mean, they, they definitely, and we're gonna see, we're gonna get to in a minute the characters who we lost in season one because it is a, a surprisingly lengthy list, especially considering this is the first season of the show. And I, I will grant you, some of these are a little bit pedantic, but this wouldn't be us if it wasn't a little pedantic. Um, like I tried to keep it to a very narrow focus like I tried to keep it to people who we were su ostensibly supposed to see more than once um, and also like not really including very many patients because I feel like patients are tend to be inherently sort of one-off characters um, there's a couple in here but you know it's a pretty lengthy list considering this is one season in like it's like shocking to me how many people we kind of cycled through over the course of just 25 episodes it yeah there are some that i'm still like they have to come back yeah yeah like it seems like it seems like we should be able to do more like that that was i think a thing too that we kind of remarked on as we were going through was we were shocked at um kind of the timing of certain events you know like we were really shocked that uh how early we got chloe uh, we were really shocked about um, how early uh, we started getting into the Mama Benton stuff. Like some of the timing of certain events was really, I think, kind of shocking to us just 
because we're we're going off of memory you know we've seen this all before we know how these things play out and so for us to be sitting at like episode six or seven and all of a sudden chloe's showing up it's like what like i thought she didn't show up until like the end of season one or even early season two like it, it just felt very compressed in certain ways like the timeline was very um fluid as we know, time is a flat circle, but that is something I did enjoy uh, listening week to week for the pod is to hear y'all get very, very surprised when storylines would pop up and it's like, oh my God, it's Michael Ironside and just like, you know, have random storylines here and there. You just didn't, you know, you get surprised for a show that you know so well. That was a, it was a joy to listen to. Yeah. It's like, we know we've all seen this series at least once all the way through before and me so multiple times, but it's just like. With a 15-season show, things get lost. Right. Things inevitably get lost. Like, obviously, like, I know, like, you know, like, the big story arcs. You know where people kind of come in. You know where they where they wind up going. But you don't remember how soon it was. Like, I could have sworn that we got um, Deb, that we had Deb for longer than we did. Mm-hmm. I could I could have fucking sworn we had her in season two. Yeah, but and I could have sworn that Div made it, you know, till two thirds of the way through season one, and he's gone before episode ten. I mean, and that's yeah. just. I was like, yeah, I thought I remember him being a much more major character. Yeah. in season one, it's. Yeah, I was it's very excited. Cool. Like the, I was expecting like the John Carter clones to come in and Benton being a super soldier storyline to be a big deal, <laughs> but it really wasn't in season one. <laughs> All right, so do we want to talk a little bit about some of these characters that we've lost? We're kind of dancing around the issue here, but like I said, I've got a lengthy list here. I've got 15 names of characters. Break my heart again, Daniel. 15 names Damn. of characters that we lost for a variety of reasons, um, and these are the characters who we are affectionately naming the characters who got bobbed. Now, Welcome to the in-memoriam section. Yes, the in-memoriam section. Now, I should preface this by saying if you listen to the whole season with us, you'll know that... Uh, around the time that Bob shows up, um, Bob, of course, being the imminently interesting but criminally underused, um, I don't know what you would call Bob, like orderly or like custodian, like she just sort of does a little bit of everything um, and has a tremendous amount of potential as a character and they just lose interest in her so quickly and it's like so tragic. When I was watching ER the first time around, I was, like most people, on my phone the whole time I was watching every episode and was digging for information and trivia and where have I seen that guy before and all sorts of stuff. And one of the things I came across was an old message board post from the 90s, like when the show was on originally. And it was referencing a certain character. I think now that I think about it, I think it was CCH Pounder's character, Dr. Hicks. Um, I wanted to know what happened to Dr. Hicks because she's one of those characters who's just there for a while and then all of a sudden one day she's just gone and you never see her again and there's never really any concrete explanation given for why. And so I was searching for that and I found this old message board and um, one of the posts in the message board says, oh, I think she got bobbed. And somebody asks, what does that mean? And it's like, well, Bob from season one, she is there for a little while kind of does a few things and then just disappears and there's never really ever any explanation for why so even though bob doesn't get bobbed in season one she gets bobbed very early into season two so we're going to use bob as the kind of poster child for the underutilized minor character who we're mourning the loss of so like i said i got 15 names to go through here i only have six out of the 15 that are pure 
uh, Bob's situations. Like we don't get a reason for these people leaving. Um, they just disappear and, and they're never seen again. Um, first and foremost, we talked about her already. Tracy young in the pilot. Um, she's Clooney's student. She's kind of the, the lady Carter. Um, she has a little bit of like, a spunkiness to her. She kind of pushes back on Clooney's like smooth guy act. And, doesn't do a ton in the pilot even though it's a longer episode she doesn't have a ton of stuff to do but i still thought that maybe she might have had a little bit of potential as a character so if if there's anything i could take from the pilot that i would say i would be disappointed we didn't get to see more of it would probably be her yeah i mean her character was there for what like maybe five six scenes max yeah if that so i don't really have necessarily like an opinion on her but it could have been interesting yeah i guess uh i don't know yeah so um then of course you know going from that to and i don't really have these in a a super like chronological order or anything like it's just kind of as i found them um the next one is one of the kind of bigger ones of season one divs fetic which we've gone round and round about div throughout the course of season one and how much we've kind of are, are disdained for that character um but he's with us uh through er confidential which was the ninth episode of the season and uh, of course we lose him to a breakdown where we last last we see of him he's wandering around in traffic kind of begging to be hit by a car <laughs> he's it's not great for div doesn't end great for him um yeah I, I honestly even in the short amount of time he was in i even though it felt like longer i was ready for him to go like we were all kind of ready for him to go i think by the time it finally came around oh uh, yeah Dr. Dickhead. Like. Yeah, like he was definitely someone I hated as as the episodes went on early, but it really is just kind of left oh, not to the imaginations, like he just wanders into traffic and then that's it. Like there's no closure, there's no nothing, it's not brought up again. It's just like he's just it, gone. It's just one yeah. of those things. It does get referenced a couple of times briefly um th- through dialogue and stuff, but you never see him again. And yeah, it's, he was not my favorite character as if you, if you couldn't tell from the episodes we discussed him on. I'm, I'm curious for our listeners, if any of you had Div as a favorite character, please let us know. Yeah. Why? Cause there must be one. <laughs> There's one Div Stan out there. Uh, so then going from there, um, Jake mentioned, we've got another one that we've, that we've already touched on in this episode, Nympho Liz. Uh, who was Carter's <laughs> do stalker. not miss her. I do not miss her. Hey, at I all. resemble that remark. Carter's Carter's stalker slash problematic <laughs> patient. I don't know. She was so 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 strange. Um, we lose her in Into That Good Night, uh, and she's a, a pure Bob. She just gets bobbed. We never see her again. We never mention her really ever again. So that one I think is as pure of a Bob as you'll see. She just kind of goes away after she gets the after she gets the gooey eyes from. Uh, Oh. The creepy-ass gooey oh, ass from, from uh, Dyke Kaysen. Kaysen. That's right, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a person, too. He's a person, but he's not a Bob. He is. He's going to be yeah. around for a while. I did not. So that's the other thing I should mention, too. I did not include anybody who um, is going to return in some capacity. So that means no Chen. That means no uh, Dr. Swift. That you know Anybody who's going to pop up later on down the road, we're going to hang on to those in our back pocket for a while. Um, so... You know, these are people who we have seen the very, very last of. Um, so that brings me right into our next one. Another kind of heavy hitter from the first half of season one that we just sort of dispense of in the very same episode as Div. 
Um, Sarah Langworthy, the foil to uh, Peter oh, Benton yeah. in the yeah, first 10 episodes. Right. Uh, she just dips. Uh, I believe she's going to some sort of fellowship or something. Yeah, she got a fellowship. She beat Benton out for it, and he was a yeah. little upset, but you know they left on good terms. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of left open-ended. After she re- revealed that she wanted to fuck him. <laughs> um, no, I thought they kind of resolved that one, though. Just I thought they kind of... Re- at least gave us a reason why she wouldn't be No, they around. did. They did. You know, they did. This was not a doing the thing. So I wouldn't really consider her being bobbed. No, no. This is not a pure and I'm going to I'm going to highlight the ones that are pure pure bobs. Um this one definitely gotcha. is not. This one um she has a very I think they kind of leave it open-ended a little bit to where I think from a writing perspective, I think maybe they thought they might utilize her at some point down the road so they kind of leave the door open for her to come back if if the situation presented itself, but obviously it never did. Um, and she was a character that I sort of, I went back and forth on, you know, I, I had periods where I enjoyed her more than I remembered. And then I had other periods where I was just sort of like, I never, I never hated her, but I was just like kind of meh, kind of lukewarm on her as a character. I liked her purely on the fact that I like people who can put Benton in his place and just cut out the, like the hubristic nature of uh, a young Peter Benton. Especially early season one Benton. Early season one Benton's pretty insufferable. That is true. Before the insufferability gets a little charming with Carter, like, you know, you, you come around to it, but early season it's kind of, he's just like a mad tyrant, and you just want someone to, you know, take it down a couple notches, my dude. Yeah. So uh, this next one is one of my more pedantic ones, um, just because he's not a patient. He was an actual hospital staff member, and he got a name. That was a thing that that stuck out to me as like he got a name, which leads me to think that maybe they had plans for him to be a larger character, and then you know, situation for whatever reason just didn't work out. And that would be Doctor Wirtz, otherwise known as Doctor Jigsaw, uh, mm. who oh yeah, who pops up in day one, which is episode two. Confusingly enough, um, he pops up in day one. He has a couple of scenes with Lewis and a couple of other people, and then that's it. Never seen or referred to ever again. So that's another pure Bob. Um, but again, it's kind of a borderline thing because it's like, well, he could have been a one-off. And I think the thing, the reason he sticks out to us more is because we know who he is. Like we recognize the actor. If he was just some no-name guy, and they were like, oh yeah, this is Doctor Wirtz, we wouldn't have remembered him at all. But fair. Uh, next up on the this is this is going to be the really like heartbreaking trio of the list here. Uh. This is these are the ones that these are the ones that are going to sting a little bit. Um, starting first of all with Mookie. Uh, Mookie uh, was first he's introduced to us as like the street kid who um, I think is like robbing a store or something is his like original in entrance into it and he's he's brought in by uh, Lydia's cop boyfriend boomers Um, (laughs) Al yeah Al and um, he gets drafted he's he's they never flesh out the relationship fully but like he's somehow involved with Hale, the head nurse like well behind carol he like i don't think he's related to her but she knows him you know probably knows his mother or something like that and so he kind of gets drafted into being like the helper at the er for a few episodes um until blizzard and blizzard is actually the last time we see mookie and he's a pure bob he just kind of he shows up for a few episodes he's there does some stuff 
gets kind of a, a decent amount of screen time and then just disappears. Did we talk about this when this happened? Because I have no recollection of him being Bob. We did. We, we Well, it was a mention. What the it fuck? Was, it was a retroactive bobbing, I think, that we, we noticed. Like, it was one of these deals of like, huh, Retroactive I seen... bobbing, dibs on that band name. <laughs> we, it was like, huh, we haven't seen Mookie in a few episodes. And I went and looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, Blizzard was his last appearance. That was it. So we didn't, I don't, I don't think we noticed he was gone until two or three episodes later. Where the hell have I been this season? <laughs> In fairness, I, I don't even have Animal Crossing as an excuse. Where the hell have I been? In fairness, you were medicated for a lot of our episodes. Dude, <laughs> I have a bad back. It's not my fault. Uh, all right. So moving moving down the the pain scale here, um, this is another one that's going to sting a little bit. Patrick. Mm. Patrick was a very short lived but very I think beloved character by us. We we sort of I don't know. We we sort of start out with Patrick going like, I don't really know why this guy is here, but I guess he's fine. And then by the end of his short time on the show, we're like, we were really kind of attached to Patrick. Like we, who was Patrick? Patrick was, um, the special needs, I guess. (gasps) Oh, the dude with the, the helmet. I loved him. My heart is broken. So we lose Patrick in the gift. Um, and, he is another pure Bob. We just don't ever really get an explanation for why we don't ever see Patrick again. Um, he never gets to say goodbye. There's never any never any real resolution. And he kind of, in a very short time, becomes very ingrained in the ecosystem of that ER. Like, he's putting up Christmas decorations, and he's... Yeah, I really liked him in Blizzard when he was doing the Christmas decoration. And he goes, they're mm-hmm. better when they're straight. And I'm just like, oh, I love you. I love you, man. Oh. And he's playing the Christmas carols over the overhead speaker and like he's he was just a really really sweet character he's endearing yeah he's very endearing and and um makes a makes a big impression in a very because i think his total appearances only amount to like two or three so it's a very short time that he's there but i think it's yeah but he's pretty memorable for just that two or three times um like i could have sworn he came in at a later season and was there yeah same i thought he if you'd have like blind taste test before we started if you'd have been like when does patrick come in i would have said eh two three somewhere in there like i knew it was early i knew it was definitely like during the the thick of like the Clooney years but i would not have expected it to be this early and to be over so early he's in and out in a flash i mean call me a grinch but I never really liked his character, and I still Boo. don't. Wow, the fucking hot takes coming out here on the end of season <sighs> one. This, this is that's what we're doing the recap episode right, this for. This is the kind of pedantry and hot takeness that you get behind the Patreon. <sighs> quit saying pedantiz- <laughs> pedantism. Quick- pedantism. Quit saying being pedantic is a bad thing, as if that's not what this whole fucking show that's, is for, Daniel. Fair. All right. <laughs> That's why our episodes are like an hour and a half long when the se- when the show is only forty five minutes. And it's not all my fault. Yeah, no, I just I just never saw a point to Patrick. I mean, he doesn't have a huge Honestly. amount of a point, but I do think that he's har- in a harmless, sweet sort of way. I mean, he serves more of a point than Rolando does. <laughs> like, you know, Rolando doesn't. I mean, Rolando at least has a job. Wow, we're job shaming now. That's that's where we're at. Well, not no, like has like a job like within the ER. <laughs> no, like I don't know. Shaming I just kinda, jobs in this I economy. Just, I just, I just, yeah, yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> um, 
for reference, folks, we're recording this on March 20th, so... Happy quarantine! Yay! Illinois is closed! Hooray! <laughs> um, yeah, no, I... You mean... I, he has a he has a scripted reason to be there, whereas Patrick exactly. is a guardian angel who just comes to warm our cold dead right. hearts. Yeah, and I've always I've always taken issue with like the whole like oh this special needs character is here just to remind us how lucky we are or something you know. Uh, but I don't think that's how Patrick. I is. never I read it that way. That's how I read it, but I'm cyn- I'm a cynical <laughs> bitch, so that's why I love you, sweetie. All right. So who's next? Well, we're going to we're going to get to the very very top of the pain scale here with Mama Benton. Mm. Wait, or May. No. Mama Benton. She, she's Mama killed ben- off. She's did, not Bob. How many times do I have to explain to you people? This is a list of characters that we lost. There are pure Bobs within this list, but they're not all Bobs. These are just characters that we lost okay. in season 1. Okay. Daniel. So, Mama Benton, as you mentioned, is not a Bob. She it, she <laughs> she it's she gets the most concrete reason of all. She did. Um, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so we we lose Mama Benton in appropriately enough motherhood, uh, which is I think the next to last episode of season one. So she's very late. Uh, a very yeah. late exit. <laughs> she's very late. She's very late. <laughs> oh. oh, well, I didn't mean to do that one, but I'll take it. It's okay. Um, she won't remember it. it was- <laughs> Oh, Mama, Mama Benton, I think, for my money, was probably the character that Jesus. earned the most amount of like, like, just baseline level love amongst us as a group. Like we, yeah, she doesn't really do that much as a character. Like she is very much just window dressing, but for a few scenes. Um, but we all just sort of universally loved her from the minute we saw her the first time we were all just sort of like oh mama benton yeah she she humanizes benton like she brings him back down to earth and i i like that quite a bit yeah somebody has to yeah yeah she she does what she needs to do and she manages to be fucking adorable while she's doing it and her whole storyline her whole decline and everything is very painful and and is very well done too i mean like i said it it's it's unfortunate that she doesn't get to do more because the times where she is given more to do, she actually does a really good job with it. Like that whole scene where she's sitting with Benton at the ice skating rink at the park and talking about them as kids and every like when Peter and Jackie were kids and, and she's struggling with her memory slipping and like all these things. Like she's actually given something to do there and actually does a really good job with it. Almost oh, definitely. Sticking kind of or, or or moving over, I guess, into another one of my my more kind of flimsy entries on this list. I include her kind much in the same way I included Doctor Jigsaw earlier. I included her in this list because a she's actually working in the ER, um, and mm, I could see where they might think they would use her again from a writing standpoint, but um, but the reception to the character, I think certainly mm. we were so put off by her that we were just like, yeah, I'm glad this is a one-off is uh, Roxanne who was the desk clerk in blizzard um, who is a pure Bob. Uh, she is in and out in one episode. And this is arguably that my flimsiest entry in this whole list. Like there's nobody I think who <laughs> belongs here less than Roxanne, but I stuck her in here because like I said, she worked there and, um, She's in and out. And she's she the lady who kept bursting into various operating rooms with her, about her time card. 
Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. See, this made sense to me. The fact that she disappears is like, um, maybe she was like a volunteer. Maybe she's a temp. yeah. She's like a temp or court thing. Oh, that makes sense then. No, oh, yeah. So that I'm happy she got bobbed because she universally sucks, especially in that episode. <laughs> yeah. So that's a that, that that was an easy one there. Uh, we got you a twofer after that. Well, actually, no. Before I go to them, let me touch on one who I again sort of forgot about a little bit, but. When I go back and examine it, I actually think it's one of my highlights of season one, and that would be Ivan, who we Aww. who we lose in Chicago Heat at the conclusion of his little three or four episode arc of escalating violence, uh, where he kills a kid, and that's the last we ever see of him after that. So I guess you could say his story got wrapped up, but also kind I mean, of a little it, bit as wrapped up. up as it is. Probably he ends up in federal prison, but okay. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, Ivan. Any thoughts on him? Um, he's fine. He's he's again somebody that I thought was a little bit later in the show, mm-hmm. but and maybe a little bit longer. But I think his arc um, served its purpose, and we were all really mad at him, <laughs> right? Because he's an idiot. Yeah, but like, I guess it, I think it. it I think it ended cleanly where it needed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and for my money, I think it's the most tightly packaged storyline in season one i think it is the most clear-cut beginning middle and end storyline of season one like we have a we have this we're introduced to this character we kind of escalate the stakes and we escalate the violence here and and then there's a an, an inevitable conclusion to it and i think from that standpoint i think it's actually one of the better parts of like spoilers for later it's one i think it might be my favorite storyline of season one like the little kind of almost like a bottle of bottle episode in and of itself of this this story between Benton and Ivan um and I really really like it so then from there you've got uh, a little twofer a, a Doug a Doug is trash twofer the Doug is trash twofer uh we have Jake and Diane Leeds both of whom we lose very old, very uh, late in the season uh Diane we lose in motherhood uh, because Doug is trash. Um, and Jake, we lose in Everything Old is New Again, the season finale, uh, because Doug broke his heart. Child small- friend Jake. I was going to say, a small child friend yeah. Jake. How dare Small he? child friend Jake. Who we touch, um, who he slaps the butt of. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, just the things that you can only get away with when you look like George Clooney. Like, I can't imagine this going well in this in the year 90s. of our Lord 2020. I think, I think we made that exact sentiment as we were going through. We were like, this is something you can only do it when you look like Clooney. Like, this is the... That's the only way you can get away with this, even in the 90s. Yeah, if some, like, Pee Wee Herman, Grungalunga-looking <laughs> dude comes up and starts hanging out with some little kid, you are concerned? You are calling the police? Yeah, we, we, made the, getting we, that we made small the point child where safety. it's like, yeah, if this show was filmed in 2020, he wouldn't be allowed anywhere near that baseball field. Yeah, no. And that man... A- yeah. Yeah, no. that man is or a within hot like doctor. Feet That's of the a only reason this is allowed to happen. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I mean, I I could kind of take or leave Diane and Jake. It's a storyline that comes in very late in season one, and it sort of drags Doug back down into the mud a little bit. Like, he's kind of sort of getting better, and then as a result of the fallout of Diane and Jake, like, he goes back into the mud. Like, he, you know, gets a little, he flies a little too close to the sun, and she wants to move in and then that scares him into the arms of 
Linda Farrell, who is not a Bob for this season. She makes it into season two. Uh, stay tuned for the season two wrap wrap up episode when we'll talk about her insignificant ass disappearing in six months. See you in September. So yeah, I like I don't know. I I feel like of all these ones on the list, these two are 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 the most given the most screen time, but I felt the least significant about their their exit. Like they're kind of all mm. over the latter half of season two and. I just didn't care when they left. <laughs> like season one. season one, yeah. Excuse me. No, I like them. I'm actually really, I'm actually really sad that they're gone. Like, obviously, Doug and Carol is one of the OTPs of this show, but um, and we do get a lot of that moving forward. But I don't know. I thought it was just a nice. I thought I thought she was very good for him as a character. Like, obviously, like he has issues with commitment, and he's still not like the best person but like ever whatsoever he never gets to really be like the best person <laughs> but i mean he runs out of his fucking kids for for christ's sake but oh yeah um, shout out to uh clooney's never never actually seen son for a good bob of season one <laughs> they never they yeah. never bring that shit up again i was more referring to when carol's pregnant and true, he just out true. To Seattle. spoilers for season six and, or whatever it is yeah yeah, doesn't meet, uh, doesn't actually meet his kids until she goes to Seattle to be like, hey, here's your twins, and I love you, by the way. <laughs> I guess. Um, no, but I thought she, but anyway, yeah, no, I just thought she was really good for him, and I really actually, I really liked their whole dynamic, and I thought it was very wholesome, and I'm sad it turned out the way it did, because I didn't remember how it ended, so. She helps him practice not being a garbage human being, and exactly. we had a good half of the season where we weren't calling him a shithead, it is so true. I'll take yeah, it. If you go back and, and a lot of it is her yeah, fault. Yeah, if you go back and listen, well, her the, because of her. the whole first half of season one is just a nonstop barrage of us going, Doug is trash, Doug is trash, oh my god, Doug is trash. And then you're right. We do sort of lose the thread on that about the time she arrives. Like we sort of lose the thread on that and we're like, Oh, I guess he's okay. Like he, he, he at least is like neutral, you know, he never gets great. And then as soon as this, again, they, they, they wrap this up towards the very, very end of the season. And as soon as they wrap that up, he goes right back. arguably being even more, well, I don't know. Showing up at the engagement party is pretty trash. Like that's peak peak Doug trash, I think, for the season. Showing up drunk to the engagement party, it's not uh, not a good look there, Douglas. Not ideal. All right, so to round out the uh, the in memoriam segment here, we've got another twofer. This is the Carol Hathaway twofer of the season, um, and we're gonna start with little Tatiana, who uh, we lose, yeah. yeah, presumably to AIDS. Um, but Ooh. I mean, eventually, uh, anyway, uh, we lose her in sleepless in Chicago, which that is another one that I think timing wise, we were sort of taken off guard by. I really thought that Tatiana got nestled in very nicely to the tail end of season two, or I'm sorry, season one, and was sort of the linchpin thing that kind of a combination of Tatiana and Doug is what leads to her and tags breakup. Um, but it was actually much more closer to the middle of the season. And I think we were all sort of surprised when she showed up as early as she did. Oh, yeah. And, like, that she's done as soon as she is. Yeah, I think it's only three episodes total. Like, it's it's in and out. Um, maybe spread out over four. Like, and there's a there's an episode in there where they just don't address Tatiana. But, um, 
Yeah, it's a very very quick arc. I can't say that. I mean, she serves her purpose as a character. There's really nothing nothing more to be done with that. It's it's again just kind of more character building for Carol. So I can't can't really say I'm sorry we don't have her for longer, but she de- deserved a mention. I thought. Uh, and then last but not least, we we finish off with the last character we lose in season one, and that is uh, Tag, everyone's favorite football doctor. Um, who, uh, turkey plucking, turkey motherfucker. plucking motherfucker that he nice. is. That was uh, such a great scene. That is, I mean, that's honestly the best thing he ever did as a character because he's pretty, he's pretty boring otherwise. Um, so we lose him um, in Everything Old Is New again, the season finale. Which, if you're following along with us, that's you know that's our most recent episode. Um, and yeah, I mean, he leaves Carol at the altar and is a sad boy and that's the last we ever see of tag we don't ever mention him again see him again it's never brought up again so kind of a it's kind of a whole season full of false starts for carol as a character like it's 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 a lot of threads that don't really carry on much beyond the season with the exception of Clooney. um you know like the whole suicide attempt thing that comes up throughout season one but it's not a it's not a character trait that I think really gets followed up on much beyond season one um, or an event that really gets followed up on. Um, and same thing with Tag, same thing with Tatiana. Like these are all little things. She's given a lot to do in season one, but it's all very much self-contained within the first season. I never liked him. I never disliked him. He's dull. It's just your average milk toast white boy. From Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. That's really why you hated him. Yeah. So that's it for the, the characters we lose in season one. The... The fifteen characters, give or take a couple of pedantic ones in there. These are the these are the fifteen characters that we meet in season one and lose before the last episode. All right, folks. So if you're listening to this on the free feed, this is a we're gonna where we're gonna say goodbye to you for now. We just wanted to give you all a taste of what you can expect from the Patreon season recap episodes, you know, going forward here. So uh, we're gonna say goodbye to our uh, free feed folks uh right now we hope you enjoyed and we hope you consider supporting us at patreon.com slash the tone podcast you can hear the re- both the remainder of this episode and also all future season recap episodes as well so so we'll see you next week for season two episode one Hey, STT fans, want even more from the Setting the Tone crew? Si, senorita. Then head on over to patreon.com slash setting the tone podcast and become a patron today. You set the tone. You'll get exclusive access to show notes, season recap episodes, bonus video content. No, no, there would have to be more. As well as audio commentaries from movies starring your favorite ER cast members. Do you think we need one more? All right, we'll get one more. And best of all, you'll be first to gain access to Setting the Tone, The Lounge, the monthly bonus show where you get a peek behind the trauma room curtain and hear the latest and greatest happenings in the lives of the Setting the Tone hosts. That's it. That's all there is to it. So it's a problem. You still here? (laughs) For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support one of your favorite podcasts and get even more great content. It's enough to make even Benton crack a smile. When did it start raining? 